Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Scott. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now today on the show, we have my friend Andy, aka Kilter Vision, who some of you might know. Um, if you do know Andy or Kilter Vision, then you know that he is somebody that I have been working on music with for a number of years. Uh, most recently, we did the Plutocrat new stuff together, which was basically just an offshoot of uh, me and him both producing and hype manning and being on verses for the Amok stuff is what kind of uh, eventually spiraled into the Plutocrat new stuff. And then even before that, we had a band together called Casanova Sparks, which was not a <laughs> hip hop project at all. But that's uh, this is all stuff that we're going to get into over the course of the conversation. It's just uh, talking and talking about, you know, how he got into music, the stuff he was listening to, and uh, why he started making the music that he made, and why he's still making music. You know, it's so it's, it's a laid back conversation. It's it's a little different than some other talks because me and Andy have known each other for so long. <laughs> that it's hard to you know sit down with somebody that you've known for years like almost a decade and for like an interview <laughs> because it's you know I already know so much about him and we know so much about each other as far as uh the music that we've done but uh you know this it's still a good conversation it's really it's laid back it's relaxed and you know it's if it was if it wasn't good, I wouldn't post it. So, there you go. Uh, it's a little late, I will admit. It's uh, about one in the morning now on a Monday. This episode is going to be up in five hours. I'm tired. You know, I woke up early. I worked all day uh, at work and on other projects, including this one now that I'm wrapping up at you know one in the morning. Uh, this is, this is pretty much the end of my night. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I just, I think I'm just kind of leading up to the fact that whenever I do my usual start the motherfucking beat, it probably won't be that hype because I'm a little tired. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's, uh, let's take it back a bit, you know, sit back. Relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Put it up to your face. Don't feel like 
I have, to, I have to hold it like right here. I'm gonna hold it like a hard ass, like MC style the whole time. Like, what up, man? <laughs> um. So, thanks for coming over. Definitely. Yeah, we've known each other for uh a, a, an amount of time that makes me feel very start to feel old. It was crazy to think about. Um, Camille, who I used to date, who you remember? Yep. I'm assuming hit me up recently and was asking about like, hey, do you have any old like Casanova Spark stuff or Dyskinesia stuff? I'm like, fuck yeah, I still got sealed CDs in the basement. <laughs> you want some? Like, I can get some to you. And uh, it's like, we did that stuff in 2007. Yeah. Which was, that's eight years ago. Eight The, the years better ago, part yeah. of a decade, you know? Dude, and I if still... you consider that's when the album came out, you know, so we were probably jamming in like 2006. Yep. That's like, seriously, almost 10 years ago. I think consistently from that time, I've had probably one person a month ask me about like that album. They're like, <laughs> where can I get this album? I'm like, well, Sykes has like an archive in his basement, I believe. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel there's... like I should just give you a stack of them before you leave. Dude, you probably should. I could fucking like <laughs> hand them out. I'll start selling them, man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, money for sheets. Mm hmm. I thought, yeah, probably most of the people, nobody ever fucking asks me about it, but it's weird because a lot of the people who I knew in that time frame now, I, d I just don't, I don't know those people. Yeah. And again, it was like the people that came to the shows were, were like people that knew you or Ryan. Yeah. Nobody that I knew fucking came to the shows. Or some like obscure show that we somehow got in like Johnstown that was in like buttfuck nowhere with like a bunch of hicks like, what the hell is this shit with all the synthesizers and pianos and stuff? <laughs> That was just entirely awkward. Yeah, we played a good bit of awkward shows. There was a lot of awkwardness. Yeah. Uh, then, I think that. Uh, it's it's funny because you know we all met each other through the hip hop thing, because we were even doing like fuck if you count that in we've definitely known each other for ten years easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it goes back, man, for sure. I remember. Uh, I remember going to your place. Probably like when I first moved back here, like 2006, and Ryan was tracking shit for Opposites Attract. Yeah. So you were still doing that at the time. Definitely way back. That's nuts. I think that, that didn't like the way that we came together, that, wasn't it some shit that like you found Opposites Attract on MySpace and then you sent the link? You weren't living in Pittsburgh then. You were in yeah. like. Where you were? Where are you at? Like Arizona or some shit? Like, San Diego. So I moved okay. out there in 2004, and you know clearly had MySpace at the time. Yeah. And uh, I remember getting a friend request from Opposites Attract, and um, like I didn't live near like the city. Like I didn't really like, you have didn't any live friends. Near San Diego. Yeah. So, okay. Well, even like so, when like I lived back here, like I wasn't close to Pittsburgh, so I like we probably didn't have anyone like networked. I think it was just like a random thing. Like, you were probably just, like, blast-adding people in MySpace like people did back in the day, yeah. you know? And uh, I checked it out, and it was fucking weird. I was like, this is, like, something unique out of Pittsburgh. What the fuck? So I, like, messaged Ryan. I was like, dude, you should check this out. Like, you should hit this dude up. And he did. Yeah. And now here we are, 10 here years are. later. Yep. Talk, we're going to reminisce on a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. We, we've had a lot of... A lot of experiences together absolutely but that's a really cool networking story and like the 
the possibilities of that. Yeah. It's just, it's so, you never know. Yeah. You know, like you, uh, you know, I blast added you or whatever happened. You accepted it. You sent it to Ryan. We did some music and then, you know, we were in Ryan's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like crazy how that all fucking came together did you have like a myspace bot back in the day that added people um it's possible (laughs) i know that eventually at some point in time i did get into that yeah but i don't know if in the opposites attract era i was doing that i can't remember yeah at all it's crazy to think that that was possible at one time they're like all right just go fucking blast ad people oh yeah yeah yeah. it was just a hodgepodge of just fucking everyone just trying to get you to like their page it's ridiculous yeah so you and Ryan go back even further. Ryan, for anyone who's listening, has been on the show. I don't know what episode number, but I will link it. But Ryan has been on the show, aka a muck, yep. a rapper. You two go back, and you played in like rock bands together, right? Or a rock band? Yep. Together. Back. What? Two thousand one to 2004 probably like we were like friends in high school and it just kind of hit that point like okay we're gonna start like fucking around like trying to play instruments and um kind of form from there we started bees and boy <laughs> yeah that's yeah, it that was uh that was the project and it was really interesting it was like like the harshest like screaming you'd ever hear from like ryan <laughs> like I actually listen to it sometimes. It's pretty goddamn funny. I don't know if I've ever heard it, dude. It's it's you have to send it to me. Okay. It's it's bad, but in a really great way. Um, we were really into like Revelé and like Boba Flex and some other like rock rap and fuse shit. So it's really like based off that. Okay. Um, it was like it was like honestly, we came together. We're like, let's do a project that's like Thursday mixed with like i don't know any given rap project and just <laughs> threw it together and it was really fucking odd where does the the hip-hop background come in for you um well like bees and boy we kind of had like hip-hop influence i guess you would say um you were playing drums on that band i was i was playing drums yeah um ryan really got me into hip-hop honestly like, I didn't listen to any rap at all, like none, until like probably eleventh grade. Um, Brian started like making beats on Fruity Loops and shit. Yeah, and uh, we'd pass some beats back and forth, and like we wrote a project, um, probably towards the tail end of that band called Beverly Killbillies. <laughs> I am familiar, which is just like really shitty Fruity Loop beats that sound like video game music that we wrapped over and um yeah kind of went from there that was the beginning (laughs) so um it's i'm trying to think of where to go with this because you uh have been uh working on a solo album since i've (laughs) I've met you (laughs) yes it's let me tell you It's going to be the most epic release of <laughs> this century because I've been working on it for 10 years, but it will happen. 
How many songs do you got? Um, probably a lot, but probably I won't use any of them. Okay. Like, I'll, like, write a handful of songs and, like, kind of piece it together and then three years later be like, all right, I'm going to dig back into this and then just start writing again and just kind of that cycle keeps going. I read that <laughs> R. Kelly, um, in an interview that I read recently, has wrote 462 new songs for his new album. He says they're all hits, but he is going to part down to like 16. Wow. But he claims to have written 462 songs for <laughs> his new album. I'm just wondering if are you on like are you R Kelly level prolific? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I I do not think I'm at that level now. 462 like in what time span? Like in a couple of years? Yeah. That's I think bullshit. his last album came out in 2013. That's bullshit. That's like, if you do that in two years, that's like a song like every other day or something. I was, re- well, I mean, he, I mean, what else is he doing? <laughs> but yeah, he said some shit that he's like, his life is that he he is, he's constantly listening to the radio, but the radio is in his head and it's playing music that he wrote and all the songs are hits. That's what life for R. Kelly is like. Hmm. And these 462 songs, mind you. They're not parts or ideas. They are complete songs. <laughs> I mean, that's not really a gift to anyone. That's like punishment releasing 462 R. Kelly songs. Well, I don't think he's not going to release all of them. He's only releasing the best of the best. Someone needs to stop and be like, you can't do this, bro. That's a, that's a, <laughs> like if you, if you do the math on that, let's say 462, right? And you, how long do you think the average R. Kelly song probably is? You know, like... Three and a half minutes, probably. Three and a half minutes, so that's... What, 240 seconds? Is that even right math? That's four minutes. So, God, I can't do math. Like 210. 210, yeah. Boom. (laughs) So you got 462. Oh, it's 460. It makes it feel genuine because it's like a kind of an off number. Yeah. Like he's like at four sixty, he's like, This is it, I'm ready to go. <laughs> um He he ran out at that point. He's like, Well, I've tapped into everything I know about. It's all right here. <laughs> four sixty two. What, what did we say that? What am I times in this life? Uh Jesus Christ. Um Okay. Please hold for R. Kelly math. What's happening? Okay, right so now. that's um one thousand six hundred and seventeen minutes. Is that right? I'm gonna cut the R. Kelly math out of this episode. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking time. That's basically all I'm saying. That is a lot of time. That's insane. Um, yeah, I'm I'm nowhere near that level, but but you have become more interested in production over the years you've got got a nice little computer a nice little setup you got a cool little room and a space and you've been recording bands and other rappers and yourself and yeah like do you are you finding that you're uh entering a comfortable place as more of like the engineer producer role versus like uh writing songs and releasing songs and performing as a solo artist. So I feel like, I don't know if it's like, maybe like you just 
he's like, you'd always play shows with me and Ryan or with just Ryan or just me and Cajun. But it's like, I wonder if the reason why maybe you've never gone like full solo is it's just like nothing that like you really want to do. Like, is there like no like serious passion to like just do it on your own? I think that's a, that's a big part of it. Like, I really get motivated with like collaborating with people. Um, I think I'm definitely more suited for like a band, you know? Yeah. The whole like solo, like hip hop thing. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, the motivation just isn't quite there, obviously, for me to like push it. Um, definitely have a blast, like working with you guys on shit and like the group project. That was fun as shit. Um, I don't know. I, I, I aspire to. I definitely want to. I'd like to hope that I will reach that one day. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't nothing to it but to do it, man. Yeah. Just got to do it. But um, do you enjoy, what do you enjoy more? Like making beats, production type stuff, or writing rhymes and emceeing? I definitely more like, I like the engineering side of it. Um, I mean, as you know, you can get super fucking creative and it's endless when you get into you know digital production and shit like that so that's an absolute blast i think that it's interesting because you came into it at such a really good time because when we started doing stuff i'm sure that you were like maybe like you didn't you weren't really producing as much at least on a level that you are now it's not like you had like a super nice computer and like a machine and like midi controllers and shit but i feel around the time that you got in to all that stuff was when we were getting a wave of like new technology and the means of electronic music production yeah that made things a lot easier and a lot more accessible definitely and it's like fuck like i wish that i would have had that stuff 10 years ago you know right. when i started doing all this because it's like it was very very um it almost feels archaic now yeah. The way that we were, at least I was recording music when I started versus like how easy things are to do now. Yeah, definitely. But like some of the older software, like not like user friendly at all, like just a total pain in the ass to use. And yeah, I kind of jumped into using Logic. Um, that's what I used like when I started and still use it now. Um, super simple. I mean, kind of pick up and start to basics. It's pretty easy. Whenever you moved um, into the the old studio that you had and you had that space, was that like a huge push to like, hey, like I'm moving into this space. Let's learn how to fucking really get into this. Because like, I don't know how much you were into production prior to moving into that space. Yeah. Well, before that, like I basically bought a MacBook and like a cheap interface and a condenser mic and it was like okay i'm i wasn't like serious about production like but i wanted to be able to record my own shit not you know, depend I, on someone i feel like i was actually at your place and i do remember you having like a very very small setup yeah. I, I do actually remember it yeah i had it i had a desk a macbook on it and uh just a condenser mic that was that was it so yeah when i moved into that studio space um definitely like pushed a lot harder Started getting some actual hardware and um, just kind of fucking dug into YouTube for like several years, just like racking my brain, trying to like learn as much as I possibly could. Like 
really wanted to kind of dig in and like actual like run with the studio in that space but then it just be kind of came like after recording certain things it was like i'm kind of starting to not like music like i used to you know okay like you kind of lose that passion when you start working with other projects and it's just like it becomes like a business you know it happened to me um just from when i was over in edgewood and i got into producing stuff for other rappers and a couple bands pretty seriously yeah and it's you track that stuff all day when it comes to work on your own stuff yeah i don't want to look at the computer anymore i'm fucking over this yeah and well it was that and like the quality of some of the shit that i was doing like because that studio existed for like several years before i moved in there so there were like residual clients that would like come up and knock at the door and shit and be like hey do you still record i was like well, like, I mean, it's not a business per se, but like, yeah, if you want to track some shit, like, yeah, we can do it. What are you looking to do? So, like, I work with some shit like that that was just, like, so fucking bad. Like, I'd have people come in, like, okay, like, do you have a beat, whatever? They're like, yeah, can you pull up YouTube? And, like, I'd be like, okay. And give me, like, a link and go to a beat. They'd be like, I want to use this. Like, not even bring a beat. Like, they want to use something off YouTube. I'm like, all right, man. Cool. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so it was like a lot of hip hop clients. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of like turned me off. I was like, yeah, I don't really know. Like if I can like it's it's good money, like, you know, 25 bucks an hour to rip a beat off YouTube and like just click, just click record. Yeah. But also you have to sit through like. Yeah. take after take of some like bad stuff yeah and then you'll get those people that if it sounds bad because their performance is bad it's somehow your fault has that ever happened to you that's never happened um i've never ran into that i've I'm, i've always been like really accommodating like but at the same time, like, I've worked customer service for like 15 years so like <laughs> pretty used to like people's bullshit <laughs> But uh, it, you've ran into that before, like someone. Sure, like someone just getting like frustrated because like it doesn't sound the way that they want it to sound, and they think that yeah. there's something I can do about it. Yeah, and I can't necessarily. It's like right. Yeah, I always like when I've tracked shit before. I've just explained like right, you're bringing like an MP3 that's the beat that's like terrible quality to begin with. You load it up. And it's just like to the ceiling, you know, all the way across. And it's like you can't, you don't really have that much room to play with vocals in there. It's gonna sound like shit. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people don't understand how those things work. But I guess that's how most things are. Mm-hmm. You know, working in customer service, like you mentioned that you do. I'm sure there's a lot of that. Yeah, people that assume that, you know, like. Just because they call you, you can you can fix the problem. Right. Yeah. Because that's what you're there for. Yep. Is to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. But I, what do you do? You just like delegate bullshit? Pretty much. Become a really good bullshitter. You know, learn to uh, empathize in a very insincere way. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, are you... You're not working the same job that you had been for a good chunk of time, right? You got a new job or was it... 
in the same company. So I don't know much about what happened. Yeah, I worked up in Cranberry for like eight years. Okay. Up there. And uh, the center I worked at shut down. So as of like last year, I started a new job. Okay. But is it in like a similar field? Yeah. It's well, like the same job, but for different bullshit? Kind of. I mean, it's pretty similar. Um, it's on the phone, like doing like tech support. I worked at Verizon before, so it was very like simplistic shit. Um, it's more like geared towards like IT support. So um, you do actually get to exercise your brain a little bit with this job, which is nice. So there's that. Do you have to have a knowledge of IT related things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We support like businesses and shit like that, um, like enterprise systems and things. So that yeah. sounds invigorating. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> do what you gotta do. Something to do, man. Now, were you <laughs> someone who ever felt like chasing music was like that's what I wanna do. I wanna be a musician. Was that ever in you? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean I I started out playing drums. Yeah. Um like I had a buddy in high school that he i don't know he started in a band or something he got drums and i remember going over to his house and like just fucking around like the first time i played drums and i remember like that day i was like buying a fucking drum set like the first time i played a kit how old were you 15 okay so i bought a kit um shortly thereafter bees and boy formed and yeah we like we you know we were fucking young and naive but at the same time like very serious about it you know and like wanted to take it somewhere and like put together like press kits and like sent them out to different labels and shit that was probably like thrown away like immediately like they listened to it they're like um you get stickers here. <laughs> i've seen the sticker the stickers on like that guitar or bass you have hanging up yep yep so how long did the dream last for you then that like dream to make it happen make it big um i mean probably up until like i got my first like serious job okay and it was just at that point like abandoned like that that push and like you know just kind of was more realistic and like i'm gonna not just totally work on shit that i'm not behind um you know, just kind of space it out and work on shit that I actually enjoy doing, even if it's few and far between, you know? Yeah. Just keep that passion. What, um, why did you end up in San Diego? Well, I, um, graduated high school. I have relatives out there. They were like, do you want to move out here with us and go to school? And I was like, yes, I will be out. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally how it happened. So I moved out there, lived there for like two years, and um, yeah, didn't really like it, man. wasn't wasn't a fan. Like the whole like California, like living out there, like dream that people think it's like so awesome. Like, not really for me, you know. What didn't you like about it? I don't know. It's just like I felt like people were like fake out there. Like everyone like has a rush to like have the new like designer fucking purse and shit like that. Like. Pittsburgh's like home, you know, it's like gritty and like has character and like out there it's totally fucking opposite. 
Like, it's just, like, a bunch of bullshit. Cookie cutter, like, personalities, fake people. Sure. Have you been back since? Um, once. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, like, a year after I moved back here. So oh, okay. It's been a while. It's been a while for you. Yeah. The, um, the interesting thing is, you know, I talk to a lot of musicians who are like our age and have like been pushing so, so hard to like, yeah, I want to fucking do this, you know? And I feel that not in a bad way, but you're one of the few, I don't usually talk to somebody that's in your position. It's like, you're still an active producer and, but on like a very, like much more just like, this is a hobby thing that I enjoy level. Mm -hmm. And I honestly wonder I think that, you know, you might have more fun doing this shit than a lot of other people I talk to because it's like we get so caught up in the bullshit. And for you, it's always like, yeah, whatever, I'll just do this when I'm doing this, you know? Yeah. And have like, you know, you're like a homeowner and you have like, you know, a lovely woman in your life and some pets and shit. And like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you got like that, like very standard, like I'm doing adult shit right. But you still are like an asshole. Yeah, at the same time. I mean, I, I never <laughs> want to give up being an asshole, man. Yeah. Like, that's 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 gonna sit at my core, man. But um, yeah, it's I mean that's it's absolutely the case. Like, um, I feel like a lot of times I wish I would have like really kept, you know, at something and really pushed at it. Um, but I mean, at the same time, like I said pretty happy where i am like fucking around like the projects that come up here and there so i'm cool with it yeah i the uh i lost track it's okay <laughs> i'm gonna take a sip of this beer we need breaks anyway yeah so solo album coming 2018 are <laughs> you predicting that <laughs> 18 or give it three more years yeah well. uh I'll, be I'll believe it believe it when i see it <laughs> no actually um i uh definitely have like recently wanted to get into a, another project but um i have like a drive to do something do like a band like 80s influence rock type dance band okay like but like what? Like what are we talking? Like uh... um, maybe some like head automatica type oh, shit. Okay, cool. Yeah, like just some really like gnarly abrasive like synth over some really like dancey rock. Okay, is what I've been feeling lately. So that's that's kind of in the pipeline. Hopefully. Maybe that's what you need. You know, I feel like have you done anything that wasn't really hip hop oriented since Casanova? Um. I haven't, no. No. I mean, I've jammed with people, <clears throat> but other than that, no. I think that's what you need, then. <laughs> I think that, you know, to switch it up might be the, the change that you desire. Yeah. You know, that'd be fucking sick. Yeah, definitely. The um, one thing about you and Ryan, it's always... um like been uh amazing to me 
is uh, your ability to uh, like prank call people <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just like not give a fuck. Yeah, it's like be- that. That's like a. It's funny because you know you're not Ryan so much by any means, but you're a very like soft spoken, <laughs> keep to myself kind of person. You know, like you don't. You're not really like a trouble starter, but you are. <laughs> I, I I have my days, man. Yeah, I have my days. That's that's kind of lingered. Yeah, it's, that's that's definitely become like an art form. Um, so like, I was like, were you like? An, like <laughs> Because, like, you and Ryan, like, not maybe not, like, grew up, grew up together, but, like, grew up together as far as, like, you know, like, like middle school, junior high, I'm guessing that, like, yeah. that range. Yep. And, uh, like, were the two of you just, like, assholes? Oh, dude. We were, <laughs> we were the biggest assholes, man. <laughs> we were the biggest fucking assholes in high school. It was ridiculous. There were various instances we reminisce about frequently, like, getting arrested just doing stupid shit ryan got arrested for throwing a subway sandwich and hitting someone in the face with it out of a car (laughs) i've been arrested for silly stringing people just nothing like we never like did like not like vandalized anything we were just like blatant assholes to people Uh, it's it's (laughs) funny like thinking about because that was like small town type shit where you know i grew up um I mean, I moved in a few different areas, but I think in that range of, like, 13, 14, 15, 16, like, you know, when you really, like, rebel and kind of come into your own, I was in Swissvale, yeah. which is only, like, 20 minutes outside of downtown Pittsburgh. But it's, so it's not really, like, city school, but compared to where you went to high school, right. it's definitely, like, a city school. Like, like, I graduated with, like, 80 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I graduated <laughs> with, like, 300. Yeah. So... It's way different. I can only imagine. I can't imagine. I've never lived in a small town. I never had that experience. And I wonder, like, if that's a product of that. Just, like, like kids that are into dumb shit, abrasive shit, like, that are bored. Like, what can we fucking do? Right. Yeah. Lash out. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I mean, there there's nothing to do there. Which is why I, like, moved away immediately. Like, graduated high school, and I'm like, I am fucking leaving. Okay, so, (laughs) when you graduated and you went to San Diego, was it, like, San Diego proper, or was it a suburb of San Diego? Um, It was a suburb. Like, how far away were you from the city? I lived in a town out there called Poway, which was, like, probably 20 minutes north of San Diego. Um, It was coined as, like, the little city in the country. Like, it was really fucking weird. Like, people rode, like, horses and shit there. What? Like, it was not, like, the urban, okay. like, San Diego that you would think. So, it, like, you managed to, like, ma- live on the West Coast, but still in, like, a weird small town. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, Did you spend a lot of time in the city? Not really, no. Um... I really didn't do much of anything out there. Were you, you were going to school, you said? Yeah, I went to school. Um... Went to school and worked full time at a circuit city out there. Um, really didn't do that much exploring though. Um, yeah, just wasn't too adventurous out there. I was like, kind of the whole time, just like I want to fucking move back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, 
that's a bummer. But at least you made it back. Yeah. And you found out that you didn't like it. Yeah. So lived in the same neighborhood as Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> really? Where they grew up, yeah. It was like a big thing. It was like everyone there was like, Did you know Blink One Eighty Two is from here? Nice. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have like a like statue or a memorial anywhere? <laughs> Not that I know of, but I wouldn't be surprised because there were like several people like my age I ran into. Like, yeah, I just moved there. Like, like when eighty two is from here. Is that the first thing people say to you? <laughs> One like, of the so first you're things. You're like, yeah. like like an alternative looking kid. I'm guessing. Yeah. Like you have like some like shitty band T shirt on and like. Yeah, I'm sure that was part of it. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was pretty much my experience out there. Um, yeah, honestly, not too much to tell outside of that. Worked at a fucking Circus City and went to school for two years out there and then moved back. <laughs> the um, you've always like been as far as long as I've known you, you've seemed like you've always been kind of like tech savvy type of person. You were the first person whose car i was ever in that had like an ipod dock <laughs> i specifically remember that because like ipods were pretty new at the time and yeah. if you had one plugged into your car the like interfaces with your stereo and i was and like man this dude's like driving a robot car this is fucking <laughs> wild like you could just like pick through all the songs <laughs> that's crazy to me well i mean you're pretty technical yourself i mean you have to be to like run this shit so I mean, you've kind of grew up with technology as well, right? Yeah, I think I definitely did. I just didn't have the money for it. Yeah. I think maybe, like, you working at a Circuit City or something, like, you maybe you got discounts or who yeah. knows what the fuck it was. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Yeah, I definitely, like, at that time, didn't really have many obligations. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to work here and just blow all my fucking money on everything. That's the best. <laughs> I honestly never got to do that. Um, yeah. I moved out just as I graduated. Um, and I never really had a job where I made a good bit of money, but just like lived at home. Yeah. I never got to do that. Yeah. Fuck, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Um, but it didn't last very long. Like, it, it'd be like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, it'd be super awesome to like honestly have like a $1,500 paycheck. It's all just like disposable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like fuck. What up? What? What am I gonna do with this this week? I gotta get rid of this. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I feel like realistically, like my uh, my take home after bills or whatever has probably been about the same amount of money since I was like twenty one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like it's just like bills just get more and more expensive. Yeah. So it's like, well, I need to get. I need to make more money. Right. And it's like the amount of money that I'm able to just spend on the shit that I want. That that amount never increases. Right. No, I feel you, man. Definitely. Like I um like switching to a new job. I like had some flexibility, like was was really lucky in a way that I got to acquire some like good gear and shit to work with. But like, dude, it's been like a minute since I bought like anything new. Like it's like I'm gonna fucking ride this shit for like five or ten years until like it's just incompatible in some way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I still use a lot of the same shit that I've been using forever, and it works. It does what it needs to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, that mixing board, man, that's the same one I fucking always had. Yeah. 
Well, I remember um, like one of the first like sessions we had, like whatever software you were using back then. I don't know if you still use it now, but I was just like so intrigued. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Like you had like a CRT monitor and you were running like some really, like you said, like archaic program on it. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, what is this? <laughs> so do you still run like the same shit? Yeah, I have the same tower. Same tower, same software. Uh-huh. That's impressive, man. It, it really is. It like, by all works. means, it should not work anymore. <laughs> it works. I think the thing is that I've n- always, like, it's, there's never been anything on the computer. Besi- I mean, besides the recording software and, like, some Super Nintendo ROM shit. That's it. It's never touched the internet in its whole life. Yeah. Um, and I've just kept it very, like, I just love how, like, there's no fucking bells and whistles on it. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, I'd say I've recorded, it's like, I recorded the new Sykes album on it. You've heard it. That's awesome. It's honestly, like, it's impressive. Like, (laughs) I I have, like, a lot of respect for you because I have, like, computer from, like, that era. It's, like, 10 years old and I couldn't possibly fucking imagine, like, producing anything on it. It's impressive, man. It works. I mean, hey, we're recording this episode on it right now. Good shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've gone to, well, I had a MacBook that uh, had Pro Tools and stuff on it, and I used it, and it worked. It's fine. But yeah. I just, I prefer this. I know how this works. Right. So. It's awesome, man. <laughs> One day, it's, I mean, it can't live forever. I feel like it, it, it's not a, a cockroach of modern technology. Are you rocking Windows XP? No, fuck no. It's 98 all day. Windows 98? Yeah. Dude, get the fuck out of here. It's Windows 98, man. That's what the software runs on. <laughs> That's even more awesome. I was talking to somebody, actually, um, most of the time when I talk to people about Magix, which is that software. Yeah. They're like, never heard of it. Um, one person that I know was like, oh, I have heard of that. And he was asking me about the sound card that the program runs with. And he was telling me that supposedly this sound card is very sought after because the quality is really, really good Yeah. of the sound card. And I was like, well, that would make sense because the stuff that I still record on this computer is like not like professional quality, but it's pretty up to par with a lot of other stuff that I hear on a DIY level, obviously not like comparing it to like a Taylor Swift or Foo Fighters level of production. Why those are the two artists that I thought <laughs> don't ask me, but you know what I mean? As far as like people that are doing DIY home recording, it sounds just as good as anything else. Definitely. Absolutely, but uh, man. yeah. And he was saying that like, I guess that that sound card that this shit runs with is really fucking good. I mean, it is a pretty awesome sound card and you know, it has, um, RCA quarter inch and XLR in. Nice. Did you yeah. acquire that? Like, did you piece this all together? Like when you started up or did you like acquire um, it from someone or the tower itself? I traded to somebody for a camcorder. Um, nice. it had the software on it, but it didn't have the updated sound card. So I guess that, um, when you bought, this software it came with like a very basic sound card yeah 
but you could get like an upgraded one. And gotcha. I bought the upgraded one at Guitar Center because this was 2003 and they still sold this shit then. Nice. Because Windows 98 at that time wasn't that old. Right. <laughs> XP was just new. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh my God, Windows XP is so fast. Yeah. And um, I just got hooked it up, got used to it, started working it, and it's it's been there since. Nice. I've never had any issues. It's awesome, man. It's really fucking awesome. Like, seriously, I I knew like your your setup was a little bit older, but it's just honestly kind of blows my mind just like you're running a fucking Windows 8 PC like doing this shit. It's awesome. Fucking great, dude. Yeah. It's so the funny thing about it is that um is this constant need to upgrade technology yeah really necessary or is it like especially with phones i feel like the shit that's killing phones is all the stuff that people put on their fucking phone it's unnecessary right it just completely bogs it the fuck down yep you know it's like this all-in-one machine where it's like you know i'm sure that if i had ever tried to connect this to the internet or keep a bunch of music on it and all this other stuff this thing would have shit the bed by now definitely But it's just, it's always just been doing this one task. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of like, I'm, well, I'm not a huge fan, I guess, of the concept of a smartphone. Like one thing that does a million things. It's like, this one thing is only one thing. Right. And this one thing can only do 100% of its thing. But if it does 10 things, that means it can only give each thing up to 10% right. of its capability if it's doing them all at once. I mean, it's like when you buy anything, like a manufacturer that makes like one product and like it's fucking awesome. And then you have another manufacturer that makes like 40 different things or just fucking pumping it out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely like a more focused um, tool, if you will. But um, yeah, like with phones, like you're saying, it, it's funny. I don't know if you've seen it, but like there's like, I think it was like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. Where he went up to people um, on the street with the first fucking iPhone that came out. This was like within the last couple of weeks. It's like, this is the brand new iPhone that dropped. Like, what do you think of it? People were like, wow, this feels great. Like, this is awesome. Like, it's so much faster. Like, it's a status thing, you know? Yeah. Like, it's anymore, it's a company's just doing anything they can, like, mask that there's barely a change. They just want you to buy it. Yeah. And they need to, like, stay relevant and keep some sort of a cash flow so it's like we're gonna sell you a new piece of equipment you know once a year maybe even twice a year yeah i am a very big believer in the conspiracy theory of like planned obsolescence yeah in cell phones oh absolutely um no doubt about it you know i'm on i am about to factory reset my phone for the third time because i feel like the that combined i think that it's just like there's something that's going into my phone that's making it not work yeah it's like it doesn't hold charges it's like it's all like fucking stupid but i factory reset it and it's like oh now the phone magically works fine yeah like what shit is being downloaded to my phone from where yeah to make it seem like oh this is broken and you need to buy a new one this phone's not even a year old well, I think they, like, especially with, like, Android phones, they purposely, like, fragment it. So there's so many different models, so many different operating systems, and so many different versions of, like, apps that are compatible with different operating systems. It's, like, purposely fragmented like that for that reason that, like, 
you know, it's relevant for like a year and then less upgrades are pushed to it. And then just naturally you start having issues. Buy a new one. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. What, pho- what, what's your phone game right now? What do you, what do you rock? I, your- I use an Android phone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get down with, with the whole iPhone deal. Okay. Why not? Um, too controlled. Like you don't have really any freedom with an iPhone. Like, I think it's bullshit that you can't put an application from a developer that doesn't want to comply with their, like, app store. Okay. Like, it's like a Windows computer, you know? Like, you can download a software that a developer made as long as it's made for Windows. Like, Apple, like, no, we have to filter it through this fucking channel and you have to purchase it through here. Like, it's just a whole, like, rigmarole bullshit. Yeah, there's just, like, so many really bad apps on android though <laughs> mm-hmm. um there really are it's like i hate um itunes on desktop but i really like the how streamlined it is on mobile and i wish that android had a good music device like, yeah do you keep music on your phone no i use spotify okay so I was gonna ask you, like, what fucking app do you use to manage your music? Because Google Play sucks. Yeah. And there's no other apps that you can download. I've downloaded so many different. I mean, there's a there's hundreds of apps you can download. Just none of them are fucking good. They are all are so weird and glitchy and buggy, and they have everything has fucking ads. Yeah. It's Definitely. like obnoxious. Yeah, Sp- I'm I'm a huge fan of Spotify. Like, it's ten bucks a month, but it's like the best ten bucks a month I spend. Like, I know you're super into like the, the the tangible format, but um, you know, on on the digital side of things, it's like the best deal out there. I yeah. do. I use Spotify at work. Yeah. Um, if I had a better phone, I probably would use Spotify on my phone as well. Yeah. Because um, the amount of music that I want to have on me at all times versus the amount of digital storage space that I have is never equal. Yeah. Um, any there's multiple occasions where I really, really want to listen to something, and I just I, it's like I never put that on my phone. Yep. And every once in a while, I might take the time to load a bunch of new MP3s onto my phone and take some stuff off I'm not listening to. But it's like I don't really have the time for that. Right. So I don't have a problem with Spotify as uh, a thing that exists. I have a problem with the mentality that Spotify is all you need to enjoy music, period, as a human being, mainly not necessarily because of the music itself not being tangible, but more of because you're the way that you're listening to the music. I don't think that it's a proper experience, whether it's like if it's plugged into your car, maybe your car is a good sound system. Yeah. But a lot of people don't have very good headphones or they're going to plug it into like a little like iPod dock or phone dock. Right. And it's like it doesn't sound bad. Yeah. But it's like the idea of a home stereo is something that a lot of people don't have anymore. It's like I know you can stream Spotify on your computer through your fucking studio monitors. Right. And I'm sure it sounds great. Yeah. But the average person does not have you know, $300 studio monitors. Right. It's like, what are you listening to music through? It's like one of those little fucking Bluetooth speakers or something. Right. That's, that's their, and it's like, I feel like that's such a disservice to like 
the artist and honestly to themselves too. Yeah. Well, it's like a good, a good set of studio headphones. Um, there's nothing like putting on like a really big set of cans that are awesome quality and just fucking cranking it up louder than it should be. And you hear things that you've never fucking heard before, like recording people that have like listened through like studio headphones, obviously that don't have like a channel to listen to music. Like you were saying, so many cases have been like, wow, you can hear like everything through these, like it's like crystal clear. People are definitely like falling into like listening to music, like mono, like from their phone speaker. Yeah. Like you're killing so much of the music. I absolutely agree. It's crazy. I was, um, I forget who I was talking to. I think, um, who it was doesn't matter, but I had somebody on the show who was telling me they had a friend that was going to full sale and there's a class at full sale that it's specifically designed to mixing music to make it sound good through a phone speaker or laptop speakers. Oh yeah. Because that's something that exists now. Yep. You know, there are, um, a lot of like the higher end pop stuff, the streaming, like the videos that you're listening to on YouTube are completely different mixes from the album mixes because they know that these are obviously all going to be streamed from media devices and we want this to sound as good as it possibly can from this media device. So we're uploading a different mix. Yeah. And it's like fascinating at the same time, but it also seems like it's like bullshit to me at the same time. Yeah. You know, definitely. Um, the reason why I like vinyl is like, it's just kind of the same thing. It's just the way that the cartridge picks up the music. It just like, it is able to, recognize certain frequencies that you don't get digitally yeah and it's i mean it's very nitpicky shit but there are albums that i know like front to back and then i've heard them for the first time on record and there's like like a weird synth line that i never noticed before and it's like what the like did they add this like i have never heard this before or something it's there's always weird little things like that and i like that not not only that, like I'm I'm not big into like listening to records, not because I don't like it, just because I never like got the gear or got into it. But I've noticed absolutely like there's just so many like natural artifacts that kind of poke their head through like on a record that you never notice on like a digital format too. Just kind of like the general ambience of it's you know it's, like the recording and everything. It's like, completely um, uncompressed outside of you know the one thing is like okay you're listening to music that's being streamed digitally. Your device has a sound card. The quality of the sound card in your device is going to dictate how good the music comes through. So you're already fucking with it once. Right. Then it's like, okay, there's a cable involved in this situation. now. Yep. What's the quality of that cable? And then what speakers is that cable going into? You know, like, is it going into an iPod dock? Right. You know, and then like, okay, like now there's power to that iPod dock. It's like how good you're grounding. Are you getting a weird hum? Because like there's how bad do you want to nitpick? You can get like really, really crazy with this stuff, but it does all play a factor and it does change the sound. Well, it's like just to play off that when I when I bought my car uh, recently, it doesn't have a jack to like plug in your phone or whatever. Um, there's actually no way to transmit audio aside from bluetooth from 
an external device. Yeah. And I was like pissed about it. Like I, I didn't quite like realize at first, you know, it wasn't like really looking like when you buy a car, you're not like, how am I going to listen to my music, you know? Um, but like, yeah, streaming over Bluetooth, like it's terrible. It sounds awful. And like on newer cars, like there's not even a way that you can transmit music from a phone or like an iPod or anything. And they're just like, Bluetooth is good enough. You'll be good. Yeah. Kind of sucks. So. It's wild. Like I, with the back to the vinyl thing, the, that receiver that I got, um, I just got that recently. And that is like an old tube receiver. Um, and it's like an old turn. Like that's a very vintage setup. It's very like, nothing's fucking with my sound all right i got the fucking turntables plugged into the receiver receivers plugged into the speakers that's it and it's like but that thing changed like records do sound a little different just like the information that that receiver picks up and sends to the speakers sounds different than the other receiver right you know and it's maybe that's some weird sound nerd shit i'm not saying that it sounds better I think it sounds better, but it's just interesting how different it is. Yeah. And it, most people don't understand things like, oh, like how good is the sound card in your phone or yeah. your computer and how that's going to how the role that that plays in your music. I just you think people to- don't care because they haven't been exposed to like the, the diversity of like platforms you can listen to music on. Yeah. You know, they don't really know the difference. So, I mean, I, you know, you could probably play the same it's like uh you can compare it to craft beer in some ways you know for some people you can line up five different beers and it's like this all tastes like beer right it doesn't matter what the fuck it is you know if it's like a there'll be somebody that's like like yingling pbr lion's head it's all the same and i'm like those are three very different tasting beers yep all right you know but that is some people are beers beer music's music Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cool with Miller Miller Lite. And the Let's same, do this. <laughs> the same thing, I guess, could probably be said for people that are into a Blu-ray versus DVD or HDMI TVs and an LCD display versus whatever other display. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Working at Circuit City, did you have to like sell people on a lot of bullshit? Like, um, I don't know what your position was there. Was it always like, yeah, you want this fucking thing because like. <laughs> Well, it's it's actually funny talking about like audio and shit. I worked in uh, Monroeville um, selling car audio, and uh, it was yeah. There were a lot of days you're like, I really fucking hate this. Like, I feel terrible. Like, because you would have to sell people like stupid shit, um, sell people like mainly like wiring and stuff like that. Like, we'd sell like 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 up, like upsell them on the like monster cable wiring yeah. it's like you know an extra 50 bucks or whatever. oh it was ridiculous like a wiring kit that's like 150 bucks and it's like well it's like triple reinforced gold plated i just want to be like dude just fucking buy it on amazon for like 18.99 yeah so like yeah you did feel bad but how do you f- like another thing too that's funny to me is like how when something is new in technology how expensive it is like remember how expensive digital memory was for a while like oh, yeah. an external hard drive 
Like a yep. 250 gigabyte external hard drive will cost you like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Now you can buy four terabytes for 70 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and more, more recently, like I just got that, uh, that pocket phone charger that's sitting there. Nice. And, um, I looked up a review online of it and I guess when those came out, they were $55. Yeah. And now I bought that at Walmart for 1495. Yeah. And that, that the article was just two years old yep. that I, that I had pulled up. it's like i had worked selling tvs too and i worked when flat screen tvs first came out like 2003 2004 like back then like if you had a flat screen tv like you were the fucking shit and uh we sold panels that were twenty five thousand dollars what like a 40 inch panel like plasma for like 20 25 grand yeah like that's it crazy. was insane. That's like what, like seven hundred bucks now, maybe? If you yeah, that? maybe like probably like four hundred bucks. You can get like a forty-inch screen for. Yeah, fucking insane. Like that's probably one of the biggest things. Like working through technology, like in in my time, that's that's been crazy. But yeah, you you like in Circuit City, you'd have people walk in and walk out spending twenty grand. Fucking insane. Who has $20? $20. Who has $20 to spend at Circuit City? (laughs) Yeah. And it's amazing to think that that company went under. Yeah. Oh, it was a terrible company. (laughs) They were fucking awful. Um, Makes complete sense working there. But, um, yeah. Um, I'm a a huge fan of uh, technology. And that's kind of where I got into the whole production thing. You know, I'm I'm kind of yeah, in my element if I can like tweak shit and then fucking break it really bad and then have to fix it. Like, oh sure, it's like <laughs> the interesting thing about electronic music production and why I think a lot of more like techie or nerdy people get into it is because it is like it's like it's fun. It's like a fun way to do like techie nerdy stuff. You're creating something you're making music but you're still like getting into like the guts of a computer and playing with like weird uh weird hardware sometimes if it interacts with your computer yeah and the way that hardware interact like machine is insane yeah how that software interacts with the hardware yeah it's just one one usb cable it's awesome yeah and like think about how much machine would have cost in 2003 Oh, dude! How, how much do you think that would have cost? That would have been like a, a couple thousand dollars, probably. Easy, Easily. yeah, easy. And I mean, like probably an eighth of the database of like sounds on it. You know, dude. Um, I don't know the model number, but up at my friend's coffee shop up the street, Black Forge Coffee, shout out. <laughs> they just opened up, but they have um, they've been doing shows there. Okay. And they have like a a PA that is wireless. It's a wireless PA. It has like it's like some ridiculous amount of inputs. Yeah. Um not like wireless mic, like the speakers are wireless, like PA speakers to the head and everything like that. Yeah, it's like it's all well, I don't know if the the the, the thing that's wireless what it is is um it's like a interface. It's just like X, like X, uh, XLR ins. Yeah. quarter inch ins. I don't know. Yeah, so not wireless in that sense. But wireless in the sense that you actually can control the levels of everything from a laptop or your phone. 
Oh, I think nice. it's an app that you can download. That's awesome. So it's really cool, and it has like all the effects. I actually have it on my phone because I'm like doing stuff up there, and it's like, hey, if I need to run something, like, hey, can you turn down the vocals or whatever? You can do it from your fucking phone. That's awesome. Or, um, you know, a computer or whatever. And I guess this thing is only like 700 bucks. Like, it's like super fucking cheap. And I guess like whatever fucking thing is in it, my friend that's like super, te- the same person that's like, Magic has a great sound card. He's the guy that got that for them. And he's like, yeah, it's like, you know, a few years ago, this would have been like a few thousand dollars easily. But now it's just so cheap. All this stuff is so cheap. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think about like, the previous generation of um, people that have been into like production, recording, and stuff—it's like a big thing. There's so many like plugins that are that emulate like hardware, um, which I don't really have a problem with. And anyone that records or started recording in the last ten years doesn't seem to have a problem with. But these dudes that have been doing it for twenty years like are not having it, you know? Oh, sure. Like the hardware is so much better like you notice a difference it's not the same blah 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 it's the same argument as like a vinyl vinyl argument but i think about that like in our generation like what are we gonna be like bitching about in like 20 years you know like what crazy thing is gonna come out we're gonna be like these young little fuckers the first (laughs) thing i've seen that has made me feel some type of way as far as like the digital advancements of music production is I haven't tried it out, but apparently there's like a website. Like I don't know if it runs off of a website or the website takes you to an app that you download, but it's like some software that automatically masters a song for you. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Like it, it re- like it's not like you just put like a some sort of like a preset thing on it. Right. It's like it will pull in your like wave file and like really analyze all of your peaks and stuff and get an idea of what it is and like through some weird mathematical algorithms like it knows what you need to do i'd be really curious to try it out just because i think that the concept of that is cool and sure it's like who the fuck likes mastering right like show like let me find a mastering engineer that's like oh i love this right right either so like the convenience of it is probably really great but there's still a part of me that's like there's a certain like it's gonna sound like a dick but there's like there's a certain uh level like a certain credential or a certain level of uh status that it's like you work hard for a good master or you've like paid a lot of money right right you know my stuff sounds that's like the one thing that really stands out between like a low level diy release and like a mid-level diy right it's like like oh wow this is like the quality of this is great it's a really great master and like this sounds great across all different platforms and sound systems and it's like if anybody can do that now that's gonna make the problem even worse that we have where it's like yeah you know you can record a song on your phone you can take your promo on your phone you can release it on your phone like you can sign up have it distributed worldwide on itunes spot like everything you can do it all from this little fucking thing right and that's really fucking cool But it also really sucks because like I come from like the tail end of a time period where you really had to work hard to do that. Right. And I'm not saying that people that are doing things in easier ways aren't working hard. There are a lot of people who are working hard, but there's a lot more people who aren't working hard and who are doing it because it's so easy to do it. Right. And it's making like 
you know, the like big fish in a tiny pond a lot harder to find. Kind of muddying the waters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Like with mastering, that's one of the things like I've never really said I'm even decent at doing or really even tried to tackle. Like if I've worked with people in like projects, I'd be like, if you're really serious about it, like you, you should send this to a, a mastering engineer. Like it's it's not gonna sound like a polished fucking track. It's it's just simply fucking not. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it kind of blows my mind. Like something like that that will automate that process. Like yeah, it, I, it's so tedious. Like I don't, I don't even imagine that it it would it would be legitimate. Like well, there there. I mean, I imagine there has to be some sort of like a the way that I've haven't used this program, but the way I'm picturing it is you could probably like put in some sort of uh algorithms of what you want like hey uh like this is a hip-hop song or what i think would be really cool is like say i want my i want this rock song that i just recorded to sound like something off of worship and tribute yeah so like say like you could like upload a file of worship and tribute it analyzes the way those peaks and everything are which Technically, if you uploaded that album, you would just get a fucking brick wall because Ross right. Robinson just limited the fuck out of that. But that's a whole nother nerdy conversation I'm not going to get into. Right. But just for example, you know, it analyzes that and then you pull your track into it and then it like matches it somehow. Or maybe, I mean, like it is just a WAV file on a computer. And I'm sure that it can like, detect- I mean, if there's ways that um something like Shazam can read a wave file and tell you what the fucking song is there has to be some other form of technology that can just read the wave file and know what the music is or it's just some huge asshole that has a limiter just on the back end of this fucking website (laughs) (laughs) i'd probably go off that like yeah guys this is gonna sound great we're gonna bump it up like did you ever hear the story about the guy who could um he could tell you what piece of music was on a vinyl record by looking at it if it was unlabeled. No. It was a real fucking thing. Um, Damn. It's like it, the dude that writes the Bible on a grain of rice. <laughs> <laughs> he could only do it um, with like classical stuff. And I think that the trick was that he just was really... He was classically trained and he knew a lot of the classics. And I guess there's... He was able... Because like if you look at a record especially something that's like that that isn't so if you look at like say glass jaw again there are different wave shapes in it but the more noise and so like the more space it's being taken up in the sonic spectrum the more like grain it creates right with classical you don't really have that you know you do you're able to easily see the like the repetitions and movements of things like fluctuation of, yeah. of everything so that's how he was able to tell us because he was so familiar with so many different symphonies that he could like yeah you know detect. like but dude still, here's the idea is insane totally like ruin this guy's reputation just walk up with like a dillinger escape plan out and be like Check well i dude. think that they you know <laughs> they did it um yeah this was in the 70s and they they gave him like an unmarked alice cooper album yeah and he was just like this is just noise that's basically what he said. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I need to know that guy's name. I feel like that's that's that's, that's a cool story. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. I just wonder, like, what's gonna be next? You know the the concept of the MP3 player seems it's like are is there 
are we gonna reach a new medium? Like, what's gonna be past the smartphone? Yeah. Like, Apple Watch fucks with me. I do not fucking like that at yeah. all. I was hanging out with my friend last night. She has an Apple Watch. She works for Apple. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, this girl's checking the time a lot. And it's like, no. Not. It's like <laughs> text messages, weather updates, Facebook. It's like all like, holy shit. Not That's a, crazy to me. Not is it bad enough, only is it bad enough that you're like holding a phone all the time, but now you're just like looking at your wrist constantly. It's going to be the new thing, like people in Subway just staring at their wrist. Do you think that we'll ever reach the point where we're going to have like chips in our head? So, or like some like weird shit like that? There, It's it's already happening oh, sure. in Japan or China, one of the two. Like this is a pretty recent story that I read that um, for uh, payment methods, they're embedding a chip like in someone's like, I think it's their fingertip, I want to say. Um, and it's actually like in production, like it's a thing that's happening right now. So we're definitely on the brink of that, that type of shit for sure. Which is crazy. You think we would have got to like flying cars or something first? Yeah, you'd think so. But I, I don't like at that point, I couldn't imagine like the trade off, like the convenience versus like, I'm pretty like, okay. And never inconvenienced with just taking my wallet out and like swiping my debit card, like who wants their finger sliced open to put a chip in it? Like, is your life really that difficult? Like, I could shave like seven seconds off a year if I do this. Like, weird shit. I don't know. I, I, I don't like that, that idea at all. Again, yeah. going back to like, I'm totally fine having multiple different things that are like really good at doing one thing. Right. Versus having one thing that's okay at doing ten things. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Back when, like, people, like, carried a backpack around and had, yeah. like, their laptop and their camcorder and their cell phone and whatever else in it. It's just, like, people rocking an iPhone. That's everything, man. I can't get into it, man. I don't want to do it. But, hey. 2018. 2018. We're going to see that Kilter Vision album, right? It's coming, man. It's absolutely coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like I've been like dormant with like music for like honestly the past year. Like I really haven't done shit, like even like in another project. Um so like I'm absolutely itching like get on something. Like start start fucking with some shit. Um studios feel neg- neglected back there, so it's time. It is time. Well, even if it's uh um editing all the uh, pranks we have which we have, <laughs> we, have, we have we have a database of 60 prank phone calls that 60 they, prank phone calls yeah they need to go on youtube so that needs to happen too yeah the world needs to hear that yeah. needs to hear my life's work oh that doesn't <laughs> seem like something that you hear anymore like the concept of the 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 prank phone call the crank call yeah that's something of our generation yeah I don't know if that, I think like texting has a big thing to do with that. Right. A lot of people don't talk on the phone anymore. Yeah. And, you know, the concept of like offending somebody is no longer funny anymore. Yeah. And because yeah, everyone's so of- goddamn sensitive anymore. You know, people, people like have been 
like just trained to like not fuck with anyone or like dance on the line of where like a joke might be offensive like fuck that like people need to like calm the fuck down and like if you get pranked and just like enjoy it <laughs> have a sense of humor yeah yeah that, that that's my thing you know it's like sometimes shit is just funny yeah absolutely Even if it's like really really fucking offensive it's funny I, I think you know, it's like it's 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 like okay, you know, privileged white straight male. <laughs> sure, you know, I get it. I guess I can I could say that. You know, I haven't, you know, but I know people who aren't privileged white straight males that think some offensive shit is funny too. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it's I feel that the thing that bugs me is that I totally understand and do sympathize with a lot of people who are offended by certain things and i get it um but at the same time you know everybody isn't you right you know just be you know and in some circumstances it's like you expecting everybody to cater to like your comfort zone 100 percent of the time is like making you more of an asshole than the other people are actually yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's definitely like a level of um, being distasteful that's that's blatant, and you know, you can say someone's an asshole. But um, I feel yeah, I think that like the uh, the line is kept getting pushed back. Yeah. Like, rather than like like how far can we push this extreme? It's like getting to the point now where it's like I've I've read an article um, or seen like something online about like how people should stop using the term crazy because that you're like saying like that's crazy yeah it's like you could say that's wild instead because crazy is like a derogatory term to people with mental illness yeah and it's like and then wild's gonna i don't know if i back that up like oh like wild's a derogatory term to zoo animals yeah exactly like these fucking wolves are offended like (laughs) yeah people are, are entirely too sensitive like I, I feel like you see something every week that like a celebrity or someone said that like the media just fucking skews because they can they can push it out and get hits on their page or whatever and people respond to it people fucking love it oh a lot of people will read a headline of a story and share it like it and comment on it but not read the fucking story yeah um like in something that was like very recent that muslim kid that got arrested at school for bringing in the clock right um okay yeah that's fucked up but the one thing i was asking a lot of people was like hey you know did you see a picture of the clock yeah and everybody i talked to was like no i didn't see it yeah oh so you didn't like watch the video with him talking about it you didn't see the clock right like it was just like because everything that happened wrong did you see the clock i didn't know the fucking thing looks crazy yeah i'm not saying that what happened is right it shouldn't have fucking happened and definitely it's really fucked up when you think about it from the the aspect of like they didn't evacuate the school or do anything in terms of what you would normally do if you thought there was a serious bomb threat right 
It's like they were seriously just fucking with this kid. Yeah. 100%. Like, if they really thought that he had a bomb in his bag, they would clear out the school. They, like, they had the, the, the thing that he built inside the cop car with the kid in the bag. Wow. Like, if they thought it was a bomb, they wouldn't do that. Like, they were clearly fucking with him the whole time. Well, I, I, I remember seeing that they said the arrest was based on him trying to incite fear. Like, they, they kind of knew um, right, right away, or at least pretty quickly, that it wasn't an actual bomb. But I think what they were trying to do was basically say that he intended it to come off like a bomb or, like, okay. scare people. Like, a bomb threat with, like, a hardware component to it, basically, is what they yeah, were blaming I mean, this like, kid if for. You, if you look up the video and he's showing it, I, it does not look like a clock at yeah. all. And, again not i'm not like shaming him or defending the police department or the school i my my thing was just asking people so i feel like if you're gonna read this and like passionately share it and be like oh this is so fucked up and blah 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 you should have look at the clock yeah like you like you know if you're gonna be passionate about a story and share it with the world you would look at all the facts it's like I looked at it, I watched the video, I made a full assessment, and I was like, yeah, this sucks. Right. But it was just amazing to me how many people did it. They yeah. just read, Muslim student, you know, gets arrested for bringing a clock to school, and everybody's like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, and that's exactly it, because whoever wrote that article just put it on blast, and they were like, people are going to fucking eat this up, you know? That was their intention, and it works. It works. 100% of the time, every fucking time, that you put some bullshit on there like an article and people fucking flock to it. That's that's the fucking game and it's that all we live like, in. Yeah, you know, like, 25 things to do before you're 25. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you click on it, and you know how, like, clickbait works and, like, how ad revenue works on websites? Yeah. And it's just like, that's all you're doing is you're paying to keep that website afloat. Yep. It's like, you know, you click on that, there's... 10 ads on both sides of the page they're getting paid from all those ads yep and then you're gonna click through all 25 fucking things to go to a new page yep it's like you know you just made that website like five bucks that's like sites like that like if i'm looking something up that is is clearly abundant somewhere and it's like oh slideshow that's gonna take seven seconds to load i'm like nope fuck you uh-huh like why don't you just like host a page of legitimate information and we'll be good yeah that's but like the mixture of that stuff combined with like all of the satire stuff, there's still how do people not know what satire is in 2015? There's it's really funny. There is I, I wish I remember the name of it, but there's a Pittsburgh um, writer that I've seen a few articles floating around. Yeah, I have seen it too. That are clearly like they're funny. Like yeah. I've enjoyed every one I've read and I've laughed, but there are people that I've seen sharing them that sincerely and i know they're sincerely like oh my god this is crazy like look at this and it's just like are you fucking serious those are people that don't even read the article yeah that's too that's that, that's the thing it's like okay like the one was yeah the one was about the squirrel hill tunnels how there's some like gravitational pull that causes cars to like go slower <laughs> <laughs> which is which is hilarious <laughs> i i wish that was real because I mean, it would make sense of a lot of, like, oh, yeah. wasted time for my life. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I remember someone like, this makes complete sense, I've experienced this. Like, <laughs> really? Those are fucking people that, they, they just, you know, like, they read the headline, share it. See, and, and the and the fucked up thing is, like, you do you do start reading into stuff, and you see the stories that that media obscures, because for for whatever reason, for whoever's agenda, it, it becomes obscured. Like, just to touch on like the the Muslim story, like there was a guy I think it was in like Atlanta, like several months ago, that was visiting his family that lived there, and he was walking down the street. He couldn't speak a lick of English. And the cops pulled him over. This is on their dash cam. And they were they just pulled over as he was walking, asked him what he was doing because they said he looked suspicious. Neighbors reported that there was a suspicious man walking around the neighborhood where it was just a Muslim man walking down the street. So they pull this dude over, start start like asking him like, What's the deal? What's going on? What are you doing? And he's like just putting his hands up. Like he can't communicate. And it just progresses from there. And they think he's, like, not cooperating. And ultimately, they beat the fuck out of this dude. Like, in a terrible way. Like, it was one of the, like, sickest things I've seen. And, like, stories like that, like, people don't get pissed about, like, things like that. But we'll get pissed about, like, this kid that's bringing a a clock to school. That's bad. It's terrible. Don't get me wrong. But it's more of a miscommunication. Yeah. Than anything. Um, Well, it's the... It's the amount something gets shared too. Yeah, I think has an effect on people's uh, willingness and want to engage with something. Yeah, you know, it's like I might have seen one person share that Muslim thing with the kid and been like, "Oh, like what? That's weird." Yeah, but it was I didn't actually click on it until I had seen like seven people shared it and I'm like what the fuck is this i need to like everybody keeps talking about it right that's the thing is like you need to have engagement and yeah. more people and that's like on a completely like less important level i did that recently just as an experiment with the sykes thing on facebook you know i was like i had i just like i posted a video on facebook and on the fan pages now they tell you like how many people have clicked on your post, how many people your post has reached on the back end. Yeah. Um, so I post this video on the Sykes Facebook and it has like now it had like has like a like a hundred people saw it, zero post clicks. Zero. But wow. I sent people messages. And I was like, hey, can you just share this on your page? In a day, the video had over 50-something shares and like a 1,000-plus plays. But still, it says zero post clicks on the Sykes page because the fan pages get suppressed. But 50 people shared it, and the more people that started sharing it, people were like, what is this? What is this? I'm going to click on it. I'm going to – and that's – so it's like the more people share something – Yeah. They see it multiple times, and then all of a sudden it seems important. Right. So if you have multiple people sharing that fucking thing, then it's going to be like, oh, this seems important. Then there was like a ton of stuff attached to that kid thing, like the president fucking invited him to the White House, so now everybody's sharing that. Right, right. And it's just, it keeps fucking going. That's the, you just need, 
a handful of people to give a shit and put it out there. Right. And then it, it just kind of flies from there. Well, I mean, it kind of, I, I think a lot of that begins with like control on like bigger websites, you know, that, that have the ability to decide to make this a story high on the list or not, you know, kind of people see it from there and then they share it. You know, there's fucking links built into anything you go to on the internet. Like you look up a fucking recipe on the internet and there's surely going to be a way to share it. Like, it's oh, ridiculous, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and then, you know, if you, you can look at something on Amazon once and then, you know, Facebook's going to be reminding you about ads of that one thing for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, hey, yep. you still interested in this alien Halloween costume? <laughs> It's 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 January, man. Like, stop Facebook. That's why it's hilarious to go on people's computers and look up like butt plugs on Amazon. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if there are butt plugs on Amazon. I'm just throwing the idea out there. Someone should try. I'm it. sure there are definitely butt plugs on Amazon. <laughs> but it, it, you know, it is crazy. Things are definitely suppressed, especially on Facebook. Um, it is a very controlled and manipulated website. And the only yeah. way to get around it is to have people just organically share things. Yeah. I, I don't think people realize, like, how fucking invasive Facebook is. Like, I try to not use Facebook. Like, I'm on it. I'll look at it once in a while. But, like, certain, like, shit on Facebook is, like, mined in a way that, like, people never fucking probably understand. Like, it's ridiculous. All of your shit is going to be in a database, like, somewhere. Like, Facebook is making millions of fucking dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, definitely everything about you is logged. And it's like, okay, it's like, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a 29-year-old, about to be 30-year-old straight white male in Pittsburgh making rap and heavy metal. Yeah. It's like, I don't really care what the government knows about my life. Right, right. But, you know, there are some people that are just like, you know, 420 blaze it (laughs) 24-7, and it's just like, you know depending on the lifestyle choices that you make further down the road, like this is not a good look for you. I I think it's like my qualm is more on like a broader spectrum, like the simple things that you don't think about in terms of like advertising and stuff that they're mining, that like they're sculpting like any type of like digital atmosphere that you interact with. Like for fucking generations to come, like they're just pulling all of this fucking data that like, rightfully shouldn't have access to yeah you know i noticed that whenever i'm downtown or around something that's more of like a landmark location like if i check facebook it's like you know facebook knows where you are yeah it's like on your wall it's like oh like you know andy maripode and you know ryan peters and five other of your friends have checked in at heinz field and like you're standing right next to heinz field and like (laughs) fuck yeah definitely yeah it's, it's crazy man it's 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 gonna get way crazier too kind of fucking scary but um yeah i've got my tinfoil hat ready <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm starting to sound like yeah like that dude now like just gonna get a trailer move up into the mountains wrap everything in tinfoil montana man I feel like you would do well in Montana. Well, shit, dude. I think
think we could probably wrap this up. All right, man. It's been a good talk about a bunch of different random shit. Yeah, it's it's really just uh, went in 98 different directions very sporadically, but it was fun, man. Yeah. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for doing it. Definitely. Okay. Bye, I guess. All right, it's man. It's always so, you know, that weird thing. It's just like, you got to say bye for the listeners, but yeah. what the listeners don't know is that we're just sitting here staring at each other, yeah. and I have to get up and stop the conversation eventually. Yeah. We're going to end this and... Like, oh my god, my ad sponsors just paid me to say all that shit. That was terrible. <laughs> and we're done. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Andy's a good dude. You know, I wouldn't still be friends with him otherwise. He's uh been he's I've known Andy through the course of you know the majority of the music i've been making uh and he's a good dude does good stuff funny as fuck and i mean uh, i don't know what else to say you know if you're still listening you probably already know the dude so he's a good guy right actually i'll tell you what if you're still listening to this uh go on to andy's facebook right now and just say happy birthday to him just i know it's not his birthday but just do i'm just curious to see if anybody will actually go on andy's wall and write happy birthday so i'm gonna check this shit (laughs) again i said in the beginning of the episode it's been a long day so you'll have to forgive me for being a little silly uh as always next week i'll be back with another episode same time Same place, same channel. You know the drill. I am Sykes. Start the beat. 2015. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.